Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments International and ahamomentsworld.com. Tune in for the next hour and learn to trust your AHA Moments to lead the way to live a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari, and happy Tuesday. I am uh, very excited to see so many of you on the show today because I came up with the guys like drop the idea down into my head at 1030 this morning, and I usually do these things on Sundays. Um, but they were late to the point where I thought we weren't even going to do a show. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, boom, boom, boom. We got to talk about joys. What? You're kidding me. You're killing me. You're killing me. So off we go. And uh, we got the show up and out to you guys. And thanks for coming on. I really appreciate that. That's that's a good sign. And uh, today's topic is, is, is a cool one because um, it's starting to step into this new current of energy in a positive way. You know, we've been dealing with all the turbulence and all the craziness. But now it's um, some, we're going to talk about some empowering tools today to move forward, and not just to get through crisis or anything, but to really um, follow along as you go. And this is going to build. This is going to be cumulative. Um, it'll build. The topic tonight is about joy and how your joy will show you the way. Now, I know the word joy um, is is an interesting one. It gets a lot of different reactions. You know, some people get very sarcastic when they hear the word joy. Some people get very, you know, excited about it. But most people feel like it's kind of on the highest register of things and it's kind of hard to reach and it only happens on special occasions, um, uh, you know, and it's reserved for occasions. But to be honest, joy is uh, one of your energetic engines, okay? And I am... Um, I actually, as I was getting on the call, I just heard another download in it, um, <laughs> and we're going to do a class, didn't know this until about six minutes ago, and I'll say it anyway, because that's what the guy said to say, we're going to do a class on the energetic communication system. So I'm going to go into depth on how you actually communicate and how that energetic communication system works and interlinks, and it goes uh, beyond your intuition. So we have intuition as a piece of it. And but we also have your telepathic abilities, which is your ability to speak with other people without sound, so energetically speaking to others in the body. There's channeling, there's just speaking to guides and angels and that type of thing without that are not in a body. Uh, and there's, then there's intuition, which is you speaking with your higher self, that language of intuition. And so... Um, the three of those make up your energetic communication system. So those are those are like kind of the core pieces. But then your there's some uh, I guess channels of frequency or currencies. I guess the way they were explaining to me when I was downloading this earlier today, um, the way they want me to explain it to you are there there are we all have energetic currents, right? So there's, there's energy 
it's, we are part of this energy and it's swirling around us, you know, at all times. And so we have our intellect, in, our intellect and our interconnecting energetic um, senses like our clairvoyance and claircognizance and clairaudience and clairsentience, that type of thing. But then we have these flavors in the current. So you can have the flavor of love, which is the strongest, and most powerful, flavor of joy, the flavor of bliss. Um, you know, there's all different kinds of characteristics that the energy can take on. You can actually assign this, this to yourself. Now, what's interesting is um, you can set an intention to to feel bliss, right? And actually for my live retreat, I'm going to be doing a uh, the bliss walk that I actually did that completely changed my world. Uh, we're going to be doing that live on the beach, <clears throat> excuse me, at sunset here in La Jolla. Um, and it's really where you're calling bliss to yourself and you're really spinning bliss into your energy. And we're going to use the energy of the ocean and the, the wind and the sea and the stars coming up and the sun going down. So it's earth, water, air, and fire. And it's a really, really huge, huge transformational experience. So we're going to be doing that for a retreat. But for you, when you, why, the reason why I bring that up is because when you do a walk like that, you flavor it. You put, you set an intention for it. So you say, you know, okay, this walk is very generic. I could use it to complain, right? I could use that walk to just set the intention of being miserable. <laughs> you know, like I need to, I need to process my misery. I need to figure out my problems. This kind of thing. Or you can set the intention to do that walk. To, I, I call it spin the bliss. You can spin bliss into your walk. You can spin. It's like folding flavoring into a cake, right, or food coloring or something into a cake, into the batter. So when it comes to currents of energy, we can flavor our energy with intention, whatever intention we choose. However, there's some other things that are interesting that are going on, and that is um, your higher self has messages for you, Okay. And part of that energetic communication system that we'll talk about in class, but um, is is that once we get through the energetic and the physical parts of the communication process, we get to what we call signs, symbols, and synchronicities. I've talked about this part on the show in the past. And signs and symbols and synchronicities are the uh, the environment, your the, the field, the frequency, which is your environment, the physical environment, and your energetic physical environment, um, it, it communicates to you, right? It's always trying to send you signs. It's always trying to send you messages. It's always trying to get, uh, make life easier for you. It's trying to direct you and guide you to specific places, okay? Now, a lot of people want to just get a reading and say, well, what, I, what should I be doing here? What should I be doing there? What should I be doing there? How should this happen? How will this happen? And when will this happen? And what, what is that person thinking about me? And what is that person feeling about this? And 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 so that's really um, okay, you know, once a year, have a nice reading, that's good. But you need to be able to interact with this field of frequency on a daily basis because it's on 24-7, even when you're sleeping, right? So that's why it speaks to you through your dreams. It speaks to you through your waking day. It sends you signs. It sends you symbols. It sends you synchronicities. It puts you in the right place at the right time with the right people, your energy, this field of frequency, this field of <clears throat> what we like to call infinite possibility is always trying to communicate with you. Now, your higher self, which is the greater part of you that actually operates a little bit in the body but mostly outside of the body and is trying to help you to navigate. It's kind of like your bodyguard, your, your periscope. You're the submarine and 
the periscope is that thing that comes up out and, and can see on the horizon line of the ocean, right? Well, <clears throat> and it catalogs what's available to you, and it's infinite. And so there are certain currents that it wants to communicate to you with. So one of those currents is joy. And it's a very, very powerful current. And it, if you listen and you, you really learn how to master this process, you can find joy in anything. And as you find a spot of joy, another spot will come. Because what you're doing is you're starting to uh, recognize what we call your resonant energy. Resonant energy. So that's basically the energy that you radiate out is your resonant energy. So people like to idle on the press and then um, uh, and, and then pop to joy or, or joy is too big for them. Pop to happiness every so often to be safe. They don't want to get too happy because what if something bad happens and then they were happy, then that's too far of a fall. So they want to stay in this small little window of um, pessimistic, sarcastic, and 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 kind of running, idling on, um, you know, sarcasm, pessimism, and sadness most of the time. And then here and there I'll pop to joy or to, to happiness. You know, if something really major happens that's very concrete in my circumstances, then I'll react to the circumstances that I see in a happy way. Unfortunately, that doesn't work all that well because whatever your resonant energy is dictates what circumstances come your way. So if you're operating from that type of safety net on a daily basis, you are setting yourself up to be miserable most of the time. And the energy, including your higher self, will never go against your free will and work around you to prove joy to you. A lot of us try to say to the energy, prove it. Prove to me that I can be joyful. Prove to me that I can get the right job. Prove to me. I'm going to be miserable until you prove to me that I could get this like that person. And what they do is they set themselves up for constantly being flat on their face in the energy. So in this show, what I wanted to discuss is how to let joy show you the way. Because your higher self... um, and all of the greater energies, all of the interlinking galactic civilizations that exist alongside of ours, all of the angels and the light beings and the guides and the goddesses and the ascended masters and all that, even your ancestors who are in spirit, and all of your parallel realities really, really work much better if you're coming from a joyful place. It's an extraordinarily powerful energy. And so, with that being said, excuse me, the the more joy you have, the faster things will go. And why is that? Because then you start to spin your resonant energy. You start to idle in a higher frequency. And when you idle, your energy in a higher frequency creates circumstances that are of a higher frequency. So you no longer have to go on a crusade for joy or wait for a birthday or an anniversary for that guy to text you or that you know, girl to say yes when you propose to her or any of these things. You don't have to wait for these, you know, hit the lottery or any of this. You don't have to wait for something of magnitude to experience joy. You can experience joy in the smallest ways. And as you do that, when every minute of the day, if you choose joy or you set the intention for the most joyful place, what you will do is you will pick a dot 
you will put you will we will put a dot down, and you show and you step on the joy dot. Then the next situation comes up in the day, and you choose the joyful route, and so you picked another joy dot. So now you have two dots connecting. Then the next situation comes up in your day, and you pick the joy dot instead of aggravation or whatever, and then and then that connects, and your dots start to connect. Well, as your dots connect, your higher self starts to send you more joyful opportunities. Why? Because your frequency matched to the joy. So it doesn't have to lower itself down to your level of pessimism, of sarcasm, of self of, of what we call energetic, you know, of our, our defensiveness. So I'm very defended. I find that a lot because I've always been a big dreamer. That I, and I put the dream, word dreamer in air quotes. I've always marched to the beat of my own drum from the time I was like three or two. <laughs> I was really, really very independent. My mother always complains about that. Um, but I knew very early on that there was just more to life than just mundane things. And I, and I, and I would kind of reach for the thing that would make me happy. And if it didn't make me happy, I didn't want to do it. So I was, and I've always been, even when I was in corporate America, I was always getting in trouble because if it was dumb, I just, I was like, why am I wasting my time, you know? So I, you know, that's a whole other show, a whole other story. But the point is that um, when you follow the, the dots of joy that come your way, they start to connect. As they start to connect, you start to run a frequency um, of joy. And the word that they're channeling in right now is a reliable frequency of joy. If you're mood swingy and your mood swing because you evaluate your circumstances and then you react. So instead of being proactive and choosing joy in each moment, and I'll get into how we do that in a little bit, instead of uh, uh, being empowered, most of us what we'll do is we'll be in a pessimistic state because we're protecting ourselves in some way, shape, or form, or defending ourselves in some way, shape, or form, or we're trying to figure a problem out or figure out why that person said that about me or what are they trying to do to me or what's going to happen to me and all this. And so um, you get to this state of, of weak, a weak frequency, okay? And your, your higher self can't really override that. It can offer you opportunities. Say, oh, go this direction. And you have, of course, free will to say yes or no. But if you're always looking for the safety net of pessimism and you don't want to get too joyful because what if it goes away or what if you don't get it, then, or whatever it is, um, then you, you, you tank yourself into a resonant energy of negativity or of withholding or of pessimism or of sarcasm or of, you know, any of these other negative emotions. Well, guess what you do? Then you magnetically start to arrange the molecules of the frequencies on the energetic grid, which is a bigger conversation than our conversation today. Just go with it. <laughs> when I say that, you start to, as the particles come and configure to create the scenes in your life that you are sort of commanding it to, it always matches your resonant energy. So if you're idling on pessimism, then you are literally swirling those energetic molecules into situations that provide you with more to be pessimistic about. The world of energy is infinite abundance. And that abundance, abundance is a very neutral word. Abundance is like tofu, flavor. 
it needs to be flavored. You can have an abundance of people say, oh, I love it when spiritual people say, oh, I just want abundance, and it's like, uh huh. So what is that? Can you can you relate to that? What is that? Oh, it's just everything I want, everything that yeah. Well, you can have an abundance of lack. You can have an abundance of negativity. You can have a, an abundance of, of of doubt, an abundance of fear. The universe always operates in abundance. It's infinite. So if you don't flavor, it's going to take on whatever flavor is closest to it or not have a flavor at all and just sort of spin around. And then you get all this haphazard stuff. What's interesting is that you flavor your energy every second with your thoughts that are backed up by emotional feelings. And so if you are emotional and negative together, you just made yourself some real hot tofu, okay? You just made yourself something that's so spicy you can't eat it. If you go back and forth, and one minute you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to be happy, then you go down into pessimism, then you go back to happy, then you go back to, well, I'll try this happy thing, and you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You're adding salt and pepper and salt and pepper and salt and pepper. You're salt and pepper in your face, so then you, your, your spices are off on one thing. You're straddling. you got a foot in each lane. So in this is in this work, it's important that you pick a lane. Now, if you happen to be pessimistic most of the time, or kind of like a quote realist unquote, if you happen to be one of those people, then um, and your realistic quote unquote uh, energy is on the I'll see it when I I'll, I'll believe it when I see it doubt side, you will never reach the higher registers of joy. won't happen. Because you are literally putting shackles around your ankles and balls on chains around uh, dragging behind you in your resonant energy. Now, in the past, you could get away with this a little bit because the energy was really slow. Really slow. Especially like a couple of years ago. But now, with this new energy that we have, with this grid the way it is, with all of these things happening on our planet, all of these things happening in, our, in, our, in the interplanetary systems that we have where we're interacting with, um, the, every thought that you have is like a boulder going into a pond, the still pond. It's no longer a little tiny penny or pebble. It's <clears throat> Everything is extremely potent. Everything is extremely reactionary. I remember about 10 years ago, I was listening to Esther Hicks. Probably longer than that, maybe 15 years ago. I was listening to Esther Hicks. She was, and Abraham had just come out with the Asking and His Given book. Oh, maybe it's, I don't remember how. That book is old now. It's got to be. I guess about 15 years old. And one of the big things that Esther had to deal with in her audiences was the lag time of manifestation. And she spent a lot of time, Abraham spent a lot of time, like every recording, every class, because I was actually going to live classes back then. I got in the hot seat, asked all kinds of questions and everything. But all those classes were centering around 
the lag time between when you set an intention and when you're a vibrational match to that intention and it actually comes into being. And she would say, you know, where's my stuff? And it's like, I just had this great thought, where's my stuff? So where's my stuff? What? And she started talking about being a vibrational match to what it is you're asking for. So that's where they, they started. They've since evolved quite a bit. Now, what you're hearing from the bigger channels is, you better be careful what you wish for because it's coming in really fast. We're not hearing long, drawn-out conversations about lag time. What you're hearing is that your state of being is the most important thing that you can manage and that your circumstances are a reflection of that. And on this new grid, this new energy that we've been talking about and that's thrusting, you know, with a a potent landscape for instant manifestation. So it really behooves you to pick joy moment by moment. Because then your natural idol is in a high frequency. Remember, whatever frequency you're asking or talking about your problem from, and you are looking at your problem and you're in the wallowing in the problem and you're in the problem and the problem is this and the problem is this and the problem is this and you're analyzing the problem and you're intellectually looking at the problem and you're trying to figure the problem out. That frequency is not only completely different, but decibels lower than the frequency where the answer resides. I'm going to say that again. Wherever you are with your problem, that frequency where you're describing the problem, worrying about the problem, analyzing the problem, talking about the problem, getting psychic readings about the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem, figuring out why everybody else is the problem and why the problem isn't getting solved and what are you going to do about the problem and it's unsolvable and going into pessimism, skepticism and everything else. It's a completely different frequency than where the solution resides. That's the answer in the the, in the frequency of when you're lamenting about the problem. You have to raise your frequency for the solution to show up. So there are dots between the layer where you're asking, which is, let's say, one boulder, and then you have dot, 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 dot frequency upgrade to the boulder where you're getting the answer. This is why it is so important to invest your time and energy into mastering your ability to understand energetic communication and to become fluent in those practices. Because if you try to skip that, especially in this energy, what happens is you get really spun around and you have to do things over and over and over and over again. And then you get discouraged and then you start to live defensively because you've had past discouragements and your mental mind keeps taking you back to them. But your joy is your number one priority and that fixes everything. There's two energies, well, let's say three energies that can really are like wild cards that can fix anything. And that is love is the number one. It's the biggest one. Bliss and joy. 
are the energies that can really change any situation. You see it even in our U.S. political situation, how many people are coming together. When the rabbis started marching for the Muslims the other day, it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. That's compassion. That's love. That's saying, you know what, there, there before the grace of God, though so I. That's, that's that. You know, when the men went out with their women and walked on the women's march, I had a, a, a dear friend of mine, he dragged his daughter. His daughter didn't even want to go to the march. And he said, you got to march because I want to go march. And he marched with his daughter. It was wonderful. So what you're talking about is um, uh, understanding, most importantly, that love, bliss, and joy of energy. And if you can create the majority of your energy operating for that, reaching for that, setting intention for that, and allowing that in, you will find that a lot of your problems will just kind of naturally evaporate because problems have a tendency to be a much lower frequency than the solutions, right? Or we just said, not a tendency, but they are. So if you're in a higher resonant energy, those problems really don't have enough oxygen to exist. They just don't. Okay? So, one of the things that I think, that, you know, there's plenty of ways to do this and way too big for a radio show. However, I'm going to give you one way that you can get started with this now. And that is, as you go through your day with every decision you make, choose, even from the most mundane things, what will bring me the most joy at this time? So I'm talking everything from you open your eyes in bed and it's like, should I snooze this alarm clock or should I get up and get going? And if grabbing another five minutes of sleep is going to give you more joy, pick that. If getting up and getting going is going to make you feel like, okay, I'm going to get to the place on time and I, you know, then pick that. Um, brings you the most joy. A lot of times we put ourselves in such a regimented diet plan that, you know, we kind of look at the chia seeds and we're like, oh, God, I always get stuck in my teeth. I know I'm supposed to have it, okay, and the coconut, uh, what is it, um, oil in the smoothie and the hana. But I really like some pancakes today. I just like the pancakes, but I can't because I have to have the smoothie. Well, you know what? Maybe you make the smoothie as a snack for later and you have the, 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 the pancakes. Whatever brings you joy, because if you're living energetically and you're joyful eating those pancakes, I'm telling you right now, your body will not metabolize them in a negative way. I talk about this in my book, The AHA Factor. When I'm in a state of joy and my body says, you know what, I really, uh, I think one of the examples I used in The AHA Factor, my friend, um, one of my best friends, Sharon, and I, we, we used to go to um, uh, what is it, Cheesecake Factory when I was in New Jersey. And we... Uh, I would always order this chicken Bellagio dish or this big salad. And on the day, and we go, you know, I don't know, once every few months to look like a, a weekly thing. When my body would say, I really want that chicken Bellagio, and I'd start to look forward to it and I'd start craving it, I would eat it and it would just go down like butter. Like no, there was no like reaction to the gluten and the pasta. There was no, you know, inflammation. There was no indigestion. It just, whoop, just go down. It was just delicious and just amazing. If, however, my body really was requiring something different, a salad, 
or something. And I still ate the chicken bellagio because I was upset that day. Let's say I was going and I was going to emotionally eat because I was soothing myself from being upset or stressed out or, just, you know, and kind of going against the energy. I would have gluten reactions. I would, my ankle would swell before it even get up from the table because I, I have like a gluten allergy. It's not a celiac or anything, but I, I'm sensitive, right? And um, I would have all kinds of reactions to the food and I wouldn't even be able to finish it. So when we're talking about joy, when you're looking at what you want to eat in the morning, you want to ask your body, what do you, what do you, what do you desire? What's going to make your heart sing? Because your body will, whatever is going to make your heart sing, and your body will metabolize. It can metabolize anything. Look at the poisons we live amongst, and we're all still walking around here. Okay, our immune systems are pretty amazing, and our bodies are really amazing too. And sometimes, especially when you're doing high frequency work, like what we're talking about, the parallel work, and a lot of you are in my advanced light leaders academy and all that kind of stuff. You need sugar. You need salt. You need water. You need, um, you know, sometimes you need more fat. There's there's things that your body requires because you're working energetically in a very high level and very fast pace. So you can't just regiment your body based on what you read about. I'm not saying that you just go off and eat Burger King every day. No, not at all. I don't touch that stuff. But, you know, if once every three years I want a Big Mac, I might have that Big Mac. If, and if it's on the right day and my body's saying, yeah, my body won't have a reaction to it. Very, it, it, believe me, my body does not ask for Big Macs, you know, maybe once a decade. <laughs> but the point is that you want to start to pay attention to your choices. Because as you say, I'm going to choose what makes my heart sing. Even if you can't joy out in there, say, what, makes, what will make my heart sing? What will make my heart sing? What will make my heart sing? In this choice, in this choice, in this choice, in this choice. As you do that, number one, you are being what we call energetically empowered, energetically alert, energetically aware, okay? You are managing your world from your frequency first. That is the most powerful position you can be in, not the intellect, the frequency, because your circumstances are dictated by it. So if you're using your intellect in a negative way, you will get a lot of negative uh, readout in your circumstances. Okay, so you're choosing joy, and then you're choosing it again, and then you're choosing it again, and then you're choosing it again, and again, and again, and again, in the most mundane decisions of your day. Then you choose for the bigger decisions, uh, should I go to the gym tonight, or should I go home and watch The Bachelor? Well, you know, uh, there's lots, there's three ways to do that. There's the, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do it because my body will benefit from it and I feel pride after I do that. And if I'm going to feel pride, then that's joy. And I'm going to feel, uh, by comparison, if I don't go to the gym, I'll feel sad. My body will feel sluggish. So I'm going to choose that point where I know I'm going to feel joy when I'm, you know, on that on that uh, elliptical machine or whatever. And hey, I can catch The Bachelor on the TV set while I'm there. Or it could be that you know what, being in the gym with all these people tonight, no, uh-uh. I want to curl up, I want to have a little dinner, I want to curl up, and just want to be like a regular human being and just lay on the couch and watch the show. And that could be the thing of joy for that day. If every day is different. What influences your day? All kinds of things. Hormones influence your day, circumstances of, you know, you know as far as like, 
what your circumstances were leading out for that day could influence that day. Uh, the interplanetary uh, interactions, the full moon, the new moon, eclipses, Mercury retrograde, all of that can influence you in, during your day. How you're managing your spiritual practices can influence you during your day. You know, what kinds of deliberate decisions you make can influence how you feel during that day. So you have to stay very present, very present as you're doing these exercises. And that is brings you to another point of power. Choosing joy is a huge point of power. But in order to do that, you have to stay in the present moment. You can't sit at 8 o'clock in the morning and say, what am I going to choose for my joy at 8 o'clock tonight? Because you don't know what is going to lead you throughout the day. What you're planning in the evening may not be looking anything like what you thought it would look like in the beginning of the day when you start to follow frequency. And you start to dictate frequency and intend frequency. And on this new grid, that frequency can manifest very, very quickly if you're coming from a pure state. If you're salting and peppering and one minute you're happy, the next minute you're complaining. You know what? Guess what? You're going to have that read out in your circumstances. Then you're going to blame the circumstances. You're going to start to rearrange, try to rearrange the circumstances and react to everything and resist everything and react and resist and react and resist. And you know, and it gets very, very uh, stressful at best. It gets very stressful. So each day, you can even take your day in quadrants. You can take your day, you know, you do it in batches, you know, before, you know, between waking and uh getting to work or starting work and then from starting work to lunch and then lunch to three o'clock, three o'clock to five. You can do it like that that you're kind of reminding yourself to check in. You can do it on the hour. You can do it however you want. Minute by minute is the best. But, you know, you may not start there because that's, you know, it takes some time to get into habit. But this is what we want is for you to have energetic habit structures that you can rely on and that ultimately make your life way more efficient because if you're doing this choosing dot by dot by dot, joy by joy by joy by joy point, okay, you are interacting with your higher self at the highest level. Okay. Now, joy is an interesting thing because this is something the guides are bringing into me right now to say. Joy is interesting. We're starting with joy. People say, well, why don't you start with love? Because love is this big, you know, thing. It's the Christ energy and all these other things about love. But love really reaches out to others. And when we're starting this work, I think it's very, what you guys are saying is that it's very, it's a little better to start, you know, at home with yourself. Then, as you get better at this, you can sort of apply this out at large, okay? So, uh, and that's where the love energy comes in. We start to have compassion for somebody or love beyond maybe what their behavior is, this type of thing. That takes time. Um, it's funny because everybody knows how I feel about Donald Trump. I have made it, I have made it very clear. However, uh, the other day, some articles started to, pop up about him not being able to read and um you know all these you know these things these different uh, clips of things where he was having trouble and all this and whatever and how he was avoiding reading contracts and you know he's all it's going on and on and on and it hit me like boom like i could have had a v8 like right between the eyes i said you know what god that makes so much sense it makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels just the way his vocabulary is the way he behaves and bullying all that whatever 
But it was interesting because with everything else I'd heard about him, I usually get angry. This was the first time that I felt profound sadness for this man. Profound. Like, to, to have to hide something like that in, you know, the, the biggest, you know, position in the, in, the, in the world and all that, most powerful position, blah, blah, blah. And I felt this profound sadness to the point where I didn't post it right away. I waited a whole day because I really needed to sort of metabolize it. And I felt this sense of compassion that I hadn't been able to feel. Now, that's point number one. The, the backstory of that is that I've been doing this joy, dot to dot joy thing for, you know, weeks, and, um, and you know, the election stuff derails and the bans and all the stuff, that kind of derails a lot of things, but I had made a decision that I, I was getting too caught up and I needed to get back on track, so I started to choose my joy points, but much more deliberately, much more focused, getting out of the resisting and the reacting and the circumstances and feeling out of control, you're watching all this stuff happen. And it was interesting that that joy to joy to joy to joy to joy, which has been very consistent now for, you know, let's say, you know, a couple of weeks, all of a sudden I had this weird trap door open to compassion for someone who I feel is doing a tremendous amount of hurt in a lot of ways. However, when you look at how he's unifying everybody, no matter what side you're on, it is he's doing a great job of unification, maybe not in the package we'd want it, but there is a lot coming together, right? So there is a lot of positive coming to you. But to be able to look at it that way and not just say it rhetorically for a show and, you know, blah, blah, but to genuinely feel able to de, uh, to disengage enough and be able to look objectively as, our, as the observer, which is coming from the higher self, and to look neutrally and say, you know what, and empathically say, you know what, I don't care how mean, that, that must be really hard to have to live that way and try to cover it up and it's coming out and it's coming out in such a big way. People are kind of on a crusade against you anyway and you're so sensitive to people liking you and all these other things. And it's just to just see this whole yarn and how miserable, how sad and how what what would – cause someone to do some of the things that he's doing or to bring on some of the people's bring on. So there was this compassion. That gate was, that truly was because I had given myself compassion. Because I was going from joy point to joy point and asking myself the question, what would bring them the most joy? That's, the, that's what you, self-compassion gives you the spaciousness to be able to be compassionate for someone else even if you don't agree with who they are or what they're doing. And that is love. You can't get there if you're not within yourself loving you. And the best way to show love to yourself is to listen, to ask yourself questions. What would bring me the most joy? What would make my heart sing right now the most? You know, and even if you have obligations, uh, make beef stroking off for my husband tonight because it's his favorite meal or do I take little Johnny over to the comic book store because I promised and I don't know if I can do both and how do I do both, you know, all this I'm trying to please everybody. What's going to make my heart sing the most? But I love that my husband would love that beef stroking off. He's been working really hard, a lot of overtime, whatever, but seeing, you know, my old kids, uh, that happy, joyful play. He, he did so great on the spelling test, and he, I promised him the comic book. So then you then you say, well, 
both of them bring me joy. Which one? And you, and then you just ask your guides. You ask your higher self, what's the best direction here? And they might say, you know what? There was a recipe for beef stroganoff on Pinterest for the slow cooker. Why don't you do both? Put one in the slow cooker, run out to the comic book store, and then come back and finish it up. And so you get the compromise, right? Because you're trying to find, you're you're opening yourself up to the best of infinite possibilities, the best solution. And this is, I think, what I, what I want to make is that these practices can and should be applied to your most mundane things in your world. Make this stuff that you're learning relevant so that you don't just come to sit and listen to me on a call or in a class and not have an experience. You know, listening to a bunch of theory on the phone really is meaningless if you don't put it into practice, if you don't move. It's funny, my, um, when I'm dancing, my uh, partner, he'll say, you know, you, you keep watching me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. He's like, no, you're not. You're not getting it because your body isn't doing it. You get, you're, you're looking at it, but you're not getting it. No, no, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And, no. and then when I actually go to do it, it's, it's very different than just watching, right, because your body has to engage. And then I, you'll say, okay, we're going to do this six times without stopping, and, and then you do it six times, and then on the seventh time, I can do it like he's doing or whatever, that type of thing. That's what would happen when, we did, when I was dancing. So it's really important that you get these experiential things in your body. You know, this is why I'm having this retreat coming up because it's, it's experiential. It's not intellectual, okay? If you're not practicing this stuff, then, don't, you know, don't bother because it's not the work. <laughs> it's not, and it's certainly not going to be reliable for you because you have to create frequency habit structures, resonant frequency, uh, you know, um, habit structures, meaning that you want to start idling from a joyful place where you kind of naturally, without thinking about it, choose the thing that makes me feel lighter, choose the thing that makes me feel more joyful, okay, as opposed to having to think, okay, what did Mari say? I think she said something about joy. Oh, wait, I don't know. I, uh, okay, I better, uh, and you start to go into a panic. You have to create just like anything else a habit, and that comes from actually applying it in your world. So it's like starting today, once the show wraps, for the next minute, you choose by joy first. Okay? Um, okay. Let me think here. Okay, this is one other thing I want to, because I had it in my notes, and I think it's important. Let's say joy really does feel too big. Let's say you're going through some, you know, really rough time. And I have said this before. I say this so often to my private students. What's the next best thing to joy? So you might want to ask if, if joy seems too big, or you're one of those people that, you're not allowed to have joy because, you know, your husband wouldn't like that or you're, you know, he, you know, he wants you to be a certain way and you have to be a certain way or all these types of things, you know, you have these black barriers. What you want to do is say, what gives me relief? Or what gives me a sense of hope? Or what feels a little bit, which of these choices that I'm about to make in this now moment, 
and I'm in this moment, and in this moment, and in this moment, which is making me feel a little bit lighter. You know, so then you don't have to argue with your head, oh, this is not joyful, I'm still just brushing my teeth, that's a little over the top to feel joy because I'm brushing my teeth, you know. Um, uh, pick what you can align with. Remember, the words don't matter, the feeling matters. So if you're saying, I'm reaching, I now feel joy, I'm choosing the joyful choice, but your feeling is, this is silly, the feeling is going to ride out over top of the intention. Release is a better choice for you, or hope is a better choice for you, or just feeling a little bit lighter is a better choice for you that you can fully embrace. I could say fully buy into, but fully embrace at this juncture. Then you start, baby steps. But what's more important than the wordsmithing, what's more important, listen to me closely, what's more important than the wordsmithing is your consistency of asking the question in the first place. Because if you do it, you know, oh, I'm going to do this for an hour after you get off the call, off the show, and then you skip it till next Tuesday, you're not going to get any kind of benefit. It's more important to be thinking about this. And it's going to feel like you're thinking, you're going to get annoyed sometimes. It's like, oh, I'm tired of thinking this sometimes. It's like any habit. I don't want to do the time. I don't want to go to the gym, and I certainly don't want to, you know, do all this work. I want just the results. And, you know, it's human. That's, you know, that's the, that's our human part. But look at your circumstances. You don't know if you're doing it right because your circumstances will shift. As I was taking joy to joy to joy, even though I was under extraordinary stress the last two weeks, and and, you know, more stress probably than I've been in in a really long time and, and just all kinds of spin out and everything else, I still was choosing moment to moment. Even if I was choosing from what anybody would say in their book was two bad choices, I was still saying, okay, what's going to bring me the most, you know, sometimes I would have to lean into relief, you know, a feeling of lightness. I couldn't quite get to joy. Other times I'd get right to joy, whatever that, you know, I managed that for myself, but I kept asking that question. Because if you keep in your intellect and you keep making a uh, conclusion or you keep saying, okay, well, there's no answer. There's just no answer. I don't know what the answer is. There's just no answer. I mean, I'm confused. I don't know what the answer is. There's no answer. What's the answer? What are you doing to your frequency? Is that giving you a frequency of allowance? Is that giving you a frequency of accessing your infinite uh, potentials, your infinite possibilities? Is that giving you uh, your higher self permission to provide you with opportunities and alternatives? What is that doing? It's locking you up. It's like walking across the floor without bending your knees. Try it. Try walking across the floor without bending your knees. That's what you're doing when you say, what's the answer? I don't know what the answer is. What do I do? How do I do it? Is this going to happen? Is it not going to happen? When is it going to, you know, where, when, when am I, you know, what do you see for me? What do you see for me? Really? You're choosing second by second, minute by minute. And then your higher self will bring in way more than you could have ever, way more than you could have ever imagined it will top anything you could come up with because joy is a very wide thing it's a very wide frequency and so 
when you give permission for that to flavor your life overall, you're opening yourself up for so many fun surprises. So many fun surprises. Really sweet responses from people, people making you laugh or saying things, people being kind to you in the grocery store, people, you know, paying it forward for you, all kinds of things. You know, noticing, you'll notice more things, like you'll notice the cute little dog uh, in the shopping cart at the grocery store. Here in California, everybody has a dog in the shopping cart at the grocery store. They're not supposed to because everything is a service dog here. There's no, there's no dog in California that's not a service dog. That's a whole other show. But you see a lot of cute dogs and dogs doing cute things. And, um, you know, so you get, you know, or, or or you see that baby who the mother's real distracted and everything, but the baby's looking around the mother and smiling at you and waving. The mother even has no idea, and you're having this whole conversation with the woman's kid, and, you know, the mother's too distracted to notice. Those types of things, those little tiny moments add up. And remember, um, in in sports, I know in horses, in, in dance and in, in riding, there's there's things that have like a double coefficient. So like, you know, there's certain movements in ice skating, all of them, there's certain movements in those subjective sports that are worth more points, right? Because there's a higher level of difficulty or it's a spin or, or whatever it is. In frequency work, joy has a higher coefficient than average emotion. So one moment of joy is smiling at a little baby or having a quick laugh or making a choice for getting a chai latte instead of, you know, the coconut water because it makes you happier. All of that, it has a higher coefficient. It registers on your grid like times 10, let's say. And if it's really something, you know, special for you, it could be times 10,000 or a million, right? Um, so, it has a higher coefficient. So and this is why I wanted to focus on this type of thing on these shows is that you want the most bang for your buck. If you're going to do this much focusing, you might as well get exponential growth from what you're doing. But all that, if you miss a few times, it doesn't matter because the time that you did it before was times 10 anyway. So you get, it's kind of like metabolism, right? If you exercise in the morning, your body starts burning calories for the whole day versus if you exercise at night, it doesn't, right? Well, it's the same thing. It, it, it's kind of like it's getting your metabolic engines from a frequency perspective. It, it's giving you the most bang for your buck. It's like muscle versus fat, okay? All right, I think that's good for now. I will be taking a few questions. So if you'd like to ask a question, uh, the number is 347-215-9485. So our first person is uh, Carla in Illinois. Hi, Carla. Hi. Uh, okay, hi. You um, really answered everything I was thinking about, like keeping the focus on joy. How would you, uh-huh. you know, they, but you really... Um, you know what I wonder about, though, sometimes when you feel like you're almost, do you have to feel like you're contriving it, like fake it till you make it, do you think, or do you just choose, like you said, I heard no. you say, choose. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to fake it till you make it. 
that okay. creates okay. so much sit and spin in your frequency because then you feel like a fraud and then you start arguing with yourself right. and this isn't real and then you start evaluating and then you start trying to keep measurements of what, you know, what the outcome is. You're looking at your circumstances from a negative point of view, right? Because you're saying, I'm faking it, I'm faking it, I'm faking it. Your mental mind, you just start a war with your mental mind. So right. I would not so much do that, but what I would do is set an intention and I would ask more questions. I would just say, what would be the most joyful choice at this time? And okay. legit, you know, pick the most joyful choice at that moment. And if you can't find the joyful choice because it's, you know, going to the DMV or going to get a mammogram, you know what I mean? It's like, what's going to give me the most relief? You know, if I get the right. mammogram done, then it's over with. Okay, that's going to give me more relief than going to the DMV, which I can wait another month because the registration doesn't expire till next month. You know what I mean? So right. it, it, you know, I mean, sometimes you do have to go more to relief. Then, okay, all out joy. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And thank you so okay, much. Good. You are okay. so welcome. Go forth and conquer. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Okay. So next we have Janet in Massachusetts. Hi, Janet. She's still there. Yep, there she is. Hello. Hi, Janet. What's your question? Hi. Um, I was Hello. just calling regarding, like, life purpose and career and specifically in the money prosperity piece of it. Um, I've definitely been doing more, a lot more of what I like. Um, it's just very slow growing. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, when things aren't showing up, you know, financially, it's challenging. And I feel like I'm um, in two different directions, like, you know, taking on work that would be a little more consistent. <clears throat> That's not necessarily what feels like life purpose work. Um, so it's the balance of that both and. Um, my question is, in regards to joy, follow the joy. I am mm-hmm. led more to the direction of the life purpose, you know, fun work that I love. It's just, it's been a little while. It's been several, several months and, just trying to figure out how to stay on that path and also allow for the prosperity and the money and the finances to show up. What's the what is the work that you're doing that brings you uh, the the life the joy part? Um, holistic and spiritual work, intuitive empowerment, and um, okay. Well, yeah. What's the make make ends meet work? Um, respiratory therapy, home care, health care type of work for yeah. someone kind of work. What you do with that. You have to reassign meanings because mm-hmm. you're, there is an a incubation period when you're moving from one career to the other um, so that you can learn the business skills, how to bring something like legitimately into, you know, beyond just, liking to help people, but to actually bring it into a level of enterprise so that it creates a profit structure that you can live off of, right? So that there's an education process that you have to step beyond the intuitive training and the healing and all that and into the how do I market, how do I create a business, how do I, you know, <laughs> like that. Right, I exactly. hire someone to help exactly. you, but you have to really understand that. But you have to give your time. There's a learning curve with that, and it's either a learning curve of how to hire the right people to do it for you or how to do it yourself or a combination of the two, but there's still a learning curve. 
And what I see a lot of people doing is they think they've identified their, quote, life purpose, which is, is, a, is a misnomer anyway because no one has just one life purpose. We have many life right. purposes. So that, that kind of gives you more space. But, you know, I see people when they want to go in that direction, but they know that it can't support them yet because they're just not at the point where they know how to create a business for it and they need more education time, that they then start to pit it against what we call your low-hanging fruit work, the stuff you can do with your eyes closed that you can make the most amount of money with the least amount of effort because that, you know, your respiratory work, I'm sure you've been doing it for a while. You know, you're right. reliable. You could go get another job just like that and still make good money and all that kind of stuff. So what happens is you shut down the joy energy because you start to pit them against each other. If I'm doing this, then I feel guilty I'm not doing that. If I'm doing that, I feel guilty I'm not doing this. And then it creates a purgatory, what we call a purgatory parallel. It creates a purgatory frequency, a frequency of push me, pull you. And yes, so that's exactly what you have to be feel. able to do is roll up what your low-hanging fruit work is into the plan of the life purpose work, meaning that you have to reassign what that low-hanging fruit work is. And you have to re-label uh, yourself. So... Um, when I was consulting and I was dancing competitively, people would say, what do you do for a living? And I'd say, oh, I dance competitively. Even though I wasn't making a dime from dancing, I was spending a bunch of money to dance. But I put the dancing first. And they said, oh, and then I have to do consulting on the side. Even though I was making, you know, great money consulting, I didn't lead with the consulting. I led with the dancing because that that flavored my energy with my intention and my priority. Well, guess what? My consulting client, everybody else, they were like, oh, Mari, you dance. Oh, that's awesome. And they would cater to that. Oh, I can't do the meeting. I have a comp. Oh, okay, okay. Because they would cater to because that's the way I was presenting, right? And then because I was living in the joyful part as my primary, the money flowed because it was, even though it was coming from something I kind of didn't really want to do, but I could do without really thinking too much about it, it flowed nicely because I was running from my priority in my head. Even though you might be getting your money from your respiratory stuff, you have to identify yourself as a intuitive whatever it is you are as your primary. People ask you what you do, this is what you do. And then and and or your your even when you're you know, doing your meditations, your visualizations, you know, your plans for yourself, you orient yourself as that intuitive XYZ, that other stuff is just engine. It's fuel. Every light worker has both of those things. Mm-hmm. I have it. And, you know, when I'm kind of expanding into new horizons of this work, I have to lean on certain things too, right? Not do more readings or, you know, things that are just, you know, it's not doing a a live retreat on doing a reading. It's a totally different thing. Reading is way easier. It's 30 minutes, boom, 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 bang it out. Don't even have to think. There's a hello, okay, here's the angel. It's supposed to say, but it's done, right? Yeah. Doing a retreat, there's a lot more logistics and hotels and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's but it's a bigger, more expanded experience, right, because people are kind of, you know, having a big experience for themselves, right? So, um, and it's an evolutionary experience. So, But you don't have to. I think where you get yourself caught up is that you misidentify. You, you're getting your identity from the wrong direction. And yep. when you can retrofit the two together and say, then you won't resent the respiratory work. You will open yourself up to receive what education you need to get the other work up online so it can support you, and then you can so slowly 
you know, leave the respiratory work. But stop resenting it because but that it, is creating the the you know, the horns locking. They are to, they are there to work hand in hand. They are life purpose. Both of them are life purposes. Trust me when I tell you, the respiratory clients you have are really psyched that you're helping them to breathe. Okay, that's not right. a bad thing, right? <laughs> I mean, it, right. and and you might have done it long enough that you're like, okay, whatever. But you know, this new thing is yes, it's exciting, but that does take time to create something, make something in an enterprise. So I would suggest. You know, getting yourself some marketing training because I think that's where you're missing. Um, and in the meantime, reassign, you know, look at your work. And you can ask the question we're talking about, the joy questions and the relief questions within your current work um, as well. I'm going to – I'm looking at the time. My producer's going to kill me. I have to jump off, but I hope that's helped. It was so helpful, Maureen. It was so on target and perfect, pinpointed, exactly. I need to just reassign and redesign. So thank you so much. There's a lot of clarity from that little bit. <laughs> thank you so much, Janet. I Go forth and conquer. <laughs> okay. Have an awesome it. night. Thanks a lot. You too. All right. Take care. All right, everybody. Well, I hope that that's been helpful for you, and I want you to just, you know, move forward and and put this into practice. It done myself. Um, keep an eye out on your inbox for our uh, energetic communication class. And we will see you back here next week, same time, same place. We'll end with my motto, which is you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it too. And in this new energy, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.